The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so grateful that you're here. So for about a year now, I've been attending the Mindlight Institute to become more trauma-informed and to learn about EFT, which is uh, tapping on the Meridian Centers, and we'll get into all this with our guests today. But I've been learning all of this to better assist clients that come to work with me because as you probably know, I haven't always chosen the gentlest methods in healing my own trauma. And in that, at times, I had wondered if I had re-traumatized myself. This is something I wanted to steer clear from with clients. I also last year read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. And this book forever changed my life because I realized how much my trauma was shaping my adult life and also how much power and responsibility I have in being able to heal it with modalities like MDMA, EMDR, and tapping. What's also interesting about tapping is that there have been things that I have touched in sessions where I, I am the client that I have never touched on plant medicine. And I think that my higher self knew that I needed to fully be in my body in order to go to these places that had deep, deep wounding. You feel a complete energy shift after a session of tapping, but in a very self-empowered way because it's such an accessible tool that you have literally at your fingertips whenever, whenever you want to use it. On top of that, being able to use this with my children when they're experiencing very high emotions has been extremely useful. And I'm so thankful that I get to teach them these tools that I'm sure that they'll take into their adult lives. And I'm just, I can't even imagine what it would have been like if at five years old, I was, t I was learning how to use EFT and tapping in the middle of my meltdowns or anxiety, you know, attacks that I, did, I, I didn't even know that that's what they were at the time. 
And we're going to dive into all of this in this episode with my teacher from the MindLight Institute, who is also the founder. She is on a mission to bring the latest in brain science into techniques and practices that change lives. She has been training as a healer since she was nine years old. And as an adult, she has studied alternatives to psychotherapy and psychiatry, learning and mastering a technique called tapping or EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique, which has been proven to resolve PTSD and depression faster than any other modality. She has held a private practice in New York and in Austin, Texas, helping people resolve trauma and fulfill their dreams for the last 12 years. She has led workshops and trainings nationally and internationally, and now owns a full-time practice training other practitioners in result-oriented healing techniques, including me. Please help me welcome Lillian Moore to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I know that I've been trying to get you on the show, I think, for three years if I'm not mistaken, if I, I, I see it in my screenshots, like as reminders, and I think it's been about three years, but it's um, kind of perfect timing because three years ago, I wasn't a student of yours at MindLight. So now it's a completely different conversation than it would have been three years ago. So I'm glad that you're so hard to schedule with because <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Your endurance. Yeah. Um, I also, three years ago, I hadn't actually experienced EFT and I have now, and I want to get into all that, but maybe uh, first you can share your story about what brought you to starting the MindLight Institute and uh, your passion for EFT. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I actually started healing work when I was a kid. I um had my stepmom had a health crisis and so there were a lot of healers around and I would follow them around and try and learn things from them and then practice on uh rescued bugs and critters in my pool (laughs) (laughs) resuscitate them with the energy from my hands um I my biological mom is schizophrenic and I also was always a spiritual aspirant. And I think those two things in combination had me pursue um, an avenue for healing the mind um, that I just didn't see existing. It was really obvious that the people around me were very freaked out by her mental illness. And even the people who were supposed to be the doctors who knew how to handle it, it felt really obvious that they didn't. I remember um, like analyzing my my childhood psychiatrist being like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like like kind of ducking and and getting yeah. out of their way. Like, I don't, I'm not participating in this. Um, so all of that just had momentum starting from a very young age to start studying how to heal the mind. Um, and then um, I met Melanie, and we were looking at working within companies um, and how to how what the ROI is, what the you know the the cost um, for employers to have a population of traumatized 
team members um, and looking to address that. Um, and we enjoyed working together so much that we just kind of combined everything we were doing. And at that point, I had already started training other practitioners. I'd been training other practitioners for about three or four years before I met her. And so we just kind of snowballed everything we were doing into this one project that is MindLight and then became MindLight Institute. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, I know so many people who have a parent that had something like schizophrenia or bipolar or borderline personality disorder that um, carried a fear growing up that one day they would just all of a sudden snap and have it as well. Was that something that you struggled with? Yes, not so much that I would just snap. Because uh, mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I'm watching my mom. I have a great relationship with her and she's I, it's not like a huge mystery to me at this point, what happened. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like something that just, that just snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's arrogant or naive of me, but from where I'm sitting now, I, I think that sanity is really a spectrum. And there are a lot of people who are really, really crazy um, that are functional that are in large organizations, components of the government, making big decisions, but are still living in a total hallucination. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea of what crazy is and, and how that shows up, my perspective on it is a little different now. Um, but I will say that it has given me a vigilance on how I take care of my psyche. Like I didn't mess around with drugs. Yeah. Um, did. And um, even now when I'm, when I use plant medicines, um, I'm very careful and I'm very discerning and, um, and in other ways too, like I, I, I think about my mental health and the ongoing upkeep of it. Um, you know, the same way that somebody with high cholesterol might watch their, I don't know, meat or eggs or yeah. whatever people watch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like consideration. <laughs> That's a wonderful way to put it. I I had that fear in my 20s that like one day there was going to be some sort of stressful um event that was going to like push me over and all of a sudden like sure. these characteristics would show up. But um but what you said is basically um how I feel I approached it was like just I guess with mindfulness and um also knowing that like, if I feared it, then I probably was going to allow it to happen. So kind of letting go of that. Um, so maybe we t- before we talk about EFT, we can talk about what trauma is, and then we can go into what EFT is. Sure. So at Mindlight, we talk about uh, a paradigm or a context that trauma happens within that um, is really supportive for healing. And it it really shapes the way that we look at all of reality and every aspect of our evolving emotional systems. Um, But it also creates a landscape that we can understand trauma from. And we refer to this as the the five truths. Um, Although I'm just going to focus on the first four as that is what mostly pertains to trauma work. Um, the first truth is that there is a basic goodness to reality. There's a well-being that presides all over all things, um, that this is innate. It's not a, a spiritual ideal. 
or um, something that can be broken, it is, um, it's innate. It's a foundational aspect of existence. Mm -hmm. um, the second truth is that we are all connected through this well-being, that the same well-being that is governing my system is governing your system, is governing the Blue Jay, is governing the rock, is governing the computer. Um, nothing is excluded. And because this is all one well-being, we are all connected. Mm -hmm. uh, the third truth is that through this connection, this connection to each other, the connection to well-being, we are infinitely powerful. This is a... Um, kind of a radical take on power for our current society. But the gist of it means that what we can be in relationship with, that is where we have power. It's through our relationship that we can receive the limitlessness that we are. Mm. Um, the fourth truth is that all feelings are good feelings. Um, another way of saying that is that all feelings, all internal experiences, all emotions are also included in well-being. That even when we feel really bad, um, you're not not well-being. Mm -hmm. Not well-being, that there's actually a function to the full range of emotional experiences, and that function creates expansion, creates mm -hmm. development inside of us. Yeah, so if, if, I'm un if I understand the four truths correctly, it's that, like, well-being is the opposite of the thought of original sin, that, like, we're broken and that we need fixing. And when we're coming to um, healing work from a place of we're broken, this original sin thought, um, then we're not coming to the work in love and therefore it doesn't actually become transformational because we're just treating ourselves as if we're, there's something wrong with us. Um, is that we're gonna get even more radical. Okay. This, the, the, four truths, the four truths are saying that Original sin is included. Oh, okay. That also is well-being. Mm -hmm. Nothing went wrong. That concept, that idea, the, I mean, we're going to get really radical here. Um, the, the violence and oppression that has, that that concept has been used to perpetrate, all of it is also in well-being. There is mm -hmm. nothing that's excluded, nothing that we've invented. Um, nothing that we've played out, nothing that we've used to torture ourselves um, or anyone else is excluded from well-being. Okay, so how does that, um, okay, so that's um, the well-being and then we are all connected as in like, as I heal, I heal other women around me and that's my infinite power is how I understand it. But then all feelings are good feelings goes into that well-being and also uh, not denying any of my feelings or pushing them away, but allowing them to be feel fully accepted and held is where the healing is. But with what you just said on the well-being, um, I feel when it comes to things like sex trafficking and racism, it can be hard to apply it there. So um, can you give an example of how that forms into well-being? Yeah, so... This is gets into scope of practice, like where you where your work is, um, because you can have a relationship to something where you don't lose your sense of well being. You have a a felt sense of the evolution that is created inside of a dynamic. 
inside of a, a circumstance and still um, and still enjoy the other side. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll 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 point it, I'll talk I'll speak to this specifically with with my work because it's where I ha I can speak the most clearly about it. I'm not I um, anti-racism work. Um, my scope of practice there is very limited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm very in process in terms of that work. Um, but most of my practice, I have the majority of my clients have experienced um, harm at the hands of their parents. And probably half of that was sexual harm. Mm -hmm. So lots of stories of small people being violated by their parents lots and lots of these stories and um we don't talk about it in this way so much but this is a social issue it's a it's a societal issue in the same way that racism is a societal issue mm. it's not oh that one bad apple that one parent it's um it has to do with the fact that our doors are shut to each other that there aren't aunties and uncles and neighbors that there's no one watching and advocating that we have systemic illness um, that goes on unaddressed for generations. So in that way, we can look at this problem, this obstacle um, as, as, as big as hunger, racism, mm -hmm. the polar bears going extinct, anything else that you can think of that feels overwhelmingly big. Mm -hmm. So I have a, um, a huge well of well-being around this topic because I have seen transformation in this area so much. So mm -hmm. it's very easy for me to sit in well-being with it and understand that through the process of watching individuals recover, what people learn about themselves through going through this experience, most people would not undo it. Mm -hmm. When they're on fully on the other side of their healing experience, I haven't had any clients that would say, I wish that it never happened once they're on the entirely on the other end of their healing journey. Mm -hmm. Just to like soften the trigger on that. Um, <laughs> this isn't saying that, that I'm not declaring this should happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not declaring, Oh, well, incest is great for us as a society. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But when you watch people over and over again, go through the process of healing and becoming more than they could have, become without having those experiences something new is born and that new thing that is born maybe doesn't need to recreate those circumstances mm -hmm. and my clients aren't um, perpetuating that generational trauma so similarly when i've had um i've had a couple of um black women clients um very small sample size. So again, I'm not making any declarations about what this means for the whole community by mm -hmm. any means. But when asked the question, if you could come back in a different body, in a different time, would you? In a different place, would you? And I consistently get a hell no. Mm. Consistently get a hell no. I'm here in this body on purpose, right here during this time. And yeah, no, I'm not this body at this time and this place is not treated with respect. And I chose it for a reason. I chose it on purpose for the strength mm -hmm. that I have, for the compassion that I learn, for the service I can offer, 
who I get to be in this body at this time is different than I could be in any other circumstance. So again, it's not me like putting this on anybody else. I'm not applying this narrative to anybody else, but um, it speaks to that well-being that presides. It's a mysterious uh, well-being that I have enough evidence for in enough um, dark places. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's just true. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, is that, did you have anything else to say about what trauma is? I know, I know I, I, um, got all, I put us in all different directions than the four truths, but I didn't, I didn't want to go back to where we were if, if you weren't done. Yeah. The four, the four truths are meaty and, um, you could also think about them like a practice, um, to build a relationship with them. We call them the four truths because people have personal relationships with them. Even if they've never heard this, it's not like I made this up. These are these are reflected in many languages from many continents, from many traditions in different ways, um, and it they they speak to a chord of knowing inside of us. But how you interpret that knowing is deeply personal, mm-hmm. um, and it might be that the words that I say are like nah for you, but you have your own expression of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by innate. It's, uh, it belongs to all, it cannot be taken away. Um, so when we experience trauma, trauma is included. Um, if we're gonna, we define trauma at MindLight as unintegrated information. So the way that we accrue this unintegrated information is that something happens that overwhelms our nervous system. So something happens that puts us into a survival mode. It's time to run, it's time to fight. It's time to freeze. It's time to do something to make sure that we survive. In an ideal situation, whatever that energy propels us to do works and we get to safety. And when we get to safety, we decompress. We return to a state of regulation and that's a body phenomenon. Um, This is why animals will shake. Uh, Humans also should shake. (laughs) Um, maybe we get a hug from somebody, maybe we take some deep breaths, maybe we sigh, maybe we cry. And then um, we fabulous humans with our very elaborate communicating brains um, it integrate contextually. We integrate, we create a, um, it's not just intellectual, it's like a, a framework of reality that now includes what just happened. Mm-hmm. And it reweaves it into our whole experience and our whole experience is based in in those four truths so our whole experience is it's it's basically including what we just experienced into the reality of well-being mm-hmm. including what we just experienced that scary moment into the experience of being connected being powerful and that everything we experience is of benefit mm-hmm. and through that process, we extract a lot of really good information. And this is how our emotional systems are, are an integral part of our learning, um, a part of our evolution, how we um, evolve as a species, like physiologically, how our, um, how our emotions get um, integrated changes, how our glands are formed and how our children's glands are formed and how our grandchildren's glands are formed, how our our physical bodies um, 
cardiovascular, really everything um, is shaped by this new information being integrated. Mm -hmm. We can carry on in our lives, um, bigger, stronger, more powerful, more compassionate, more loving, more resilient. So trauma is when this process gets interrupted. When we, uh, we do what we think we need to do to survive and it's thwarted. So that may mean that what we're, what our body tells us to do, we're not allowed to do it. Like we're not allowed to run. We're not allowed to fight. Um, it may be that there is no safe place to get to. Um, it may be that, um, the body never, uh, decompresses. It never returns to that state of homeostasis. Um, or it may just be the last, that last little piece of not having a contextual um, integration. So when any of these things get interrupted, then it gets stored. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, some work that has to be done later. And the beautiful thing about this is that it's like a, a little planet and it gathers life information, even when it's not integrated. So you've got this little planet of um, being left at the grocery store when you're three years old. And, and then, you know, your uh, first day of kindergarten, nobody wants to sit next to you at lunch. And then in seventh grade, all your girlfriends decide that you're not cool anymore. And then your first partner breaks up with you. And then, you know, and all of these, anything that you can extract that's like, oh, that's similar information, that's similar information, that's similar information sort of gets um, added into this little universe inside of you of, of unintegrated information, of little um, um, stress response mm-hmm. pockets of energy. And then um, the beautiful thing about unintegrated trauma is that it gets more information, which means it's more complex to integrate, but it's like it's like the PhD in abandonment. <laughs> <laughs> You really get it. You really understand it. You really, um, and when you heal it, when you really heal it all the way through to the other side, then you're just an expert around um, bonding and internal safety and um, what what it means to trust somebody. What does it mean to trust somebody and also respect them as sovereign? And what does it mean to have compassion for those who can't give you what your little animal body in this moment really feels like it needs. And how do you feed your little animal body what it needs when no one around you is going to cooperate or participate? (laughs) A lot of things you get to learn about and study in that once it's healed. You make trauma sound so beneficial. (laughs) I'm really really thankful. Um, I know oftentimes for me, I feel like on this loop of, because I feel like I started working on my trauma about 10 years ago. And it feels like just a couple of weeks ago when like another thing came up to work on, it was like, oh, am I ever done? Like, is there ever no more trauma to work with? Um, and it it felt frustrating. Um, and I, I worked on moving towards a place of um, gratitude of, well, I'm so thankful that this now feels um, safe enough to emerge to be um, 
turned into a PhD. So <laughs> um, I'm curious, before we go into ways to integrate the trauma through tapping in EFT, when we're now as adults in this arch of a stress response, say in conflict with a partner or a loved one, if we linger a little longer in the fight, flight, or freeze, say we, um, when there's conflict, we get in this, like, I got to get out of here. I don't, I can't be in this relationship anymore. This is, I, you know, like, and you get in this, I know for me as a kid, my pattern was I'd get beaten and I'd start to plan my escape and I'd run away and I'd be gone. And then, you know, I'd always end up back home. I'd get beaten. I'd start to plan my escape. And I, you know, it was like this instant, like, I got to get out of here. I have to save my life. I can't live like this. Um, this is misery. And so now in conflict, and I know that's basically turned into an attachment style, but um, now in conflict, when I feel like I'm trapped or I'm in misery or something's not getting better, um, I can go into this, like, I got to get out of here. I got to save myself, you know, yeah. and I'm curious if that means like if for anyone who lingers in that um, fight, flight or freeze response a little longer than feels good for them or their partner, if that means that the trauma is still in the body. Yes. Okay. And also there are certain skills that we get that are precious. Mm -hmm. Like you, you knowing how to plan an escape, that's MacGyver. Mm -hmm. that's like oh it looks like I'm looking, old. <laughs> yeah I'm looking at a brick wall but I know there's holes in it I know there's a way over it or around it or there's there's a skill there's a way of looking at things that your brain like grew up on it developed around it's mm -hmm. not a small thing it's like if you think about how many times you went through that for how long during the stages where your brain was developing you have a skill there that you couldn't get rid of if you wanted to mm. skill it's not a trauma it's a it's a it's a muscle that is highly developed and unique and specialized uh, my example of a similar muscle is that i am really good at identifying people's minds internal like where their thing is mm. and you see it when you watch me give sessions like it's it's like i've got a, a a uh, stud finder or something <laughs> and that's like from predicting behavior from crazy people around me mm -hmm. being able to watch where and anticipate before it happened where is their thing that's going to set them off where's their being able to understand crazy behavior more in depth than the person who is having it mm -hmm. now the way that that would play out in my relationships in my 20s especially would be that I would psychoanalyze everyone all the time mm -hmm. and especially if I felt insecure if I felt like somebody didn't like me or my relationship wasn't um yeah if I just wasn't secure in the relationship for whatever reason mm -hmm. then I would become their therapist I would um analyze their inner workings. This is why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So intolerable to be around. I'm so grateful for the friends who stuck with me through that. Especially when I got skilled at doing it from a like I actually knew what I was doing therapeutically. Um yeah. 
but that impulse to play that out from a fearful place it comes from the fear the mm -hmm. fear is the interest is the the director is who's who has their handle on that tool versus your aspirational self your um your love your wisdom your intuition when your love your intuition has the handle on that um superpower you'll get really different results from using it mm -hmm. yeah um the shadow part of for me of the psychoanalyzing was that like it would turn into how me and my friends would gossip like even for complete strangers we would come up with the entire childhood that probably happened in order for them to act this way um so that uh, <laughs> that's how that showed up for me but the um so if you can recognize that you're in that fight flight or freeze longer than you'd like um i'm sure that you can incorporate in that moment um what we're going to talk about tapping EFT as a way of integrating it sooner. Is that right? Well, I think that when you know something about this for yourself, the first mm -hmm. thing is with the people who you really can't a hundred percent protect them from it. Like the people who are closest to you is to out yourself. Hey friend, you're an innocent in this. I'm sorry. I'm working through it. Be patient. It's not your fault. I'm sorry, you don't have to put up with it. Walk away if you need to walk away. Like do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. It won't last forever. I'm working through it and be responsible. Like mm -hmm. there's no, I know a lot of times in the our new age culture, we put some kind of prize on self-awareness. So then we can tell everyone to not trigger us. <laughs> <laughs> like it's their responsibility. Um, and that's the first thing. And it actually is, a important part of the healing process as well, as well, because it engages a part of yourself that is responsible. Mm -hmm. it, it calls into action. It presences an aspect of yourself that has governance and cares about you and is not scared and knows mm -hmm. that your poor partner is doing the best he can and that he's not beating you. And, you know, it calls that person and it starts to build a relationship between that grown up, resilient part of yourself and the part of yourself that is three years old, lost at the grocery store or 10 years old climbing out the window because she just got beat up. Mm -hmm. um, so that's first thing yeah. is about taking responsibility fully. This is really tricky in partnership because you're like, but isn't it a little bit, isn't it a little bit them though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got anxious attachment, but aren't they also avoidant? <laughs> it's a little bit them. Don't they activate me? <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you're really, when you're going to take this on and clean it up, you got to fully take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And if, if you can't do that in the presence of this person, then take space from the person. But if you can take full responsibility, none of it's yours, all of it's mine, then you get clear and then you can make requests and that's mm -hmm. clean. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I'd really like it if this could be how it is. Whatever. So how do we integrate? How, after we've taken responsibility, how do we do something to uh, create some resolution for ourselves? There are three foundational aspects to any technique that works. So if you are totally in love with internal family systems, or you're totally in love with somatic experiencing, or you're totally love, in love with EFT, whatever your, your game is, 
Um, I promise you, if it's working, it has these three components. And knowing these three components will have whatever modality you're using work better for you. And then I'll, I'll pull out EFT as a technique um, that demonstrates these, these uh, three components. Okay. So the first component is building relationship with the wound or the unintegrated information. Building relationship means having awareness of or attention to or a felt sense. So this is not um, the same as being fully triggered. This is like being on the outside and, and sensing the edge. The second component is that you're doing that from a place of compassion. This is that engaging the, the, the four truths, the your own resilience, your human spirit. It's engaging the the well-being that presides. It's um, engaging your whatever you've got, mm -hmm. all your goods. It's just engaging everything in you that's strong, everything in you that's noble, everything that you've cultivated on purpose um, through the the direction of your intention, and letting that aspect of self be the one that gives attention to this wound mm -hmm. or unintegrated information. So that looks like, hey, hurt. I see you there. It's okay that you're there. I love you anyways. Makes sense. Makes sense that you hurt in that way, right in those moments. I know it's not your fault. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. You can feel that way as long as you want. So those are the first two components. The third component is engaging the body because while we have these uh, planetary systems of little traumas in our body, we have um, the three-year-old and the nine-year-old and the 13-year-old and the 20-year-old, um, they all live inside one body. And this one body has really tried and true um, systems for maintaining homeostasis. There's a pathway that lives in your body from going from from irregulated to regulated, from escalated to de-escalated, from um, sympathetic to parasympathetic. Um, it exists as part of your hardwire. It's not something you have to learn. It just is there in your body. Um, and so since your body has access to all of the aspects of self, all of the unintegrated information, all of the integrated information, and a system to go from point A to point B, you got to engage your body. If you don't engage your body, you're going to be having the same thought over and over and over again for years. And you might be sweet talking mm -hmm. that little one for five years and make very little headway. You got to engage the body. So engaging the body, those systems for re-regulating, we've already talked about some of them. Shaking is really great. Um, if you look at uh, some Qigong practices, some um, Tai Chi practices also, some yogic practices. Um, there's also some new fancy practices that involve undulating the spine. Um, there's machines that help you do it. There's a lot of study that's done on how uh, undulating the spine specifically and how it um, engages the the uh, the amygdala and the um, what's it called pineal gland. No, the the little basically your reptilian brain, the oldest part of your brain, brainstem. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, to re-regulate your nervous system. So that's one way. Um, breath, 
as another way. It's very difficult to maintain um, a stress response when your body is is breathing like you're not mm-hmm. stressed. We um, take cues from our breath. Uh, posture also, like um, yogic asana or again, Tai Chi or Qigong, where you're moving your body in, into different shapes um, that impact the way that the information is moving. And that also can help regulate. And then we have also the meridian system, which we love so yeah. much. It's an EFT. Um, the meridian system is uh, one component of traditional Chinese medicine that was pulled out. Um, I believe it was in the 60s. There's a big wave, a big east to west wave that happened in psychology. Um, it's also the same time that there was a lot of um, Western psychological writings about the the chakra system. So pretty much anything you've ever read about the chakra system, unless you're actually reading the Vedas, unless you can read Sanskrit, um, is a westernized version of the chakra system based Mm -hmm. off of um, Western psychology. So like Jungian psychology, mostly. Um, And similarly, uh, traditional Chinese medicine um, is a very large, complex study of medicine. It's uh, it's an incredible body of information. And this one little component, the meridian system, was pulled out um, and played with a lot by traditional, um, I guess not traditional, but by um, Western psychologists. Mm -hmm. Uh, All kinds of experiments were done with it, stimulating them electrically, um, complex diagnosis of like what emotions correspond with which points. And then... um, this guy, Gary, Gary Craig, he was an engineer, love engineers, um, pulled out everything that he was seeing done by all of his kind of experimental psychology, energy psychology friends. And he created this format and he created it from a very engineering mind because it's extremely efficient. Um, it hits all the major meridians and it can be... Um, it's a very forgiving process. Um, and he created very specific uh, statements. Like this is the words, these are the words that you use. These are the phrases that you use in this, in this context. Um, the setup phrase is, even though I have this feeling, I love and accept myself or I accept myself. Mm. And I'm hesitant to really say that mine like does EFT because you can learn EFT on YouTube in like 15 minutes yeah. <laughs> it might not look like anything like you could sit in on a lot of, of, of mind light sessions and not see anything like what you just saw on, on but it would still be incorporating those tapping points mm-hmm. and different aspects of, of what works about it. But what you can see in that basic recipe is that there's the, even though I have this feeling, so attention on the wound, I love and accept myself. That's that aspirational self. And you're doing it while you're engaging one of the body's systems for re-regulating. Mm-hmm. And the meridian system is, um, it's like above the brow, on the on the top of the head, under the eyes, above the lip, under the lip, collarbones, under the ribs, and then the side of the hand, right? So... Yeah, uh, mostly the the meridian system is actually rivers through the whole body, oh. and they go all the way up from your toes 
all the way up your legs, all the way up the front of your body, into your face, back of the head, or not just the back of the head, but all over the head, Mm -hmm. um, but down your back, down your arms to each of your fingers. Um, So there's the whole body is, is mapped with these points and they are actually scientifically validatable. They're more conductive to electricity Mm -hmm. um, points on the body. Um, But it would be, you know, I don't know what our, what the format on, on this is, but it would be helpful if you wanted to just Google meridian system, you can see the full map. Yeah. In EFT, like you described, um, we're hitting all of the major meridian channels, and you start at the eyebrow, to the side of the eye, to under the cheek, to Mm -hmm. under the nose, to under the the mouth, really everywhere on the chest, really everywhere on the ribs. So I just encourage Mm -hmm. you, all five fingers, underneath the collarbone everywhere is really good, Mm -hmm. down the sternum, and then all over the rib cage, underneath the breasts or the pecs, and underneath the arm, there's a lot of really good points in there, like the liver points down on the low ribs. Um, and you can kind of just feel around for sore spots. Mm-hmm. This is not traditional EFT points. If you want to look up EFT points, they're they're easy enough to find. Mm-hmm. And then there's some significant points on the hands, the karate chop points, so the side of the hand um, is a really valuable one. There's also a point um, that's more on the wrist, that's a heart point that I'll sometimes use um there's at the ends of each fingers on the side of the nail bed there are points except for um this the the ring finger the point is actually um on this side of the finger and um we often use it actually engage it here on the back of the palm between the ring finger and the pinky finger on the back of the palm you'll feel a tender spot there and this is called the warmer point or the triple warmer point mm-hmm. um just Full disclosure, I'm not an acupuncturist. Um, so if any acupuncturists are out there listening, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> from my from my understanding, the triple warmer engages the three warmers of the body, the um, digestive tract, the um the sexual organs and the heart lungs. Mm-hmm. It's um very helpful for integrating information at different levels of consciousness. So the unconscious, subconscious, and the conscious. Yeah. Um, so we use this a lot when we're uh, reminding our bodies of something forgotten. Hmm. Can you maybe give um, an example of how the listeners can tap on these points at home um, or maybe how they could even lead their children through it in the middle of a meltdown? Sure. So the, the first thing was, um, so the tapping on the chest and the ribs is very forgiving. You can tap there. You can tap on the fingers secretly. I like the fingers for that reason. You can mm-hmm. tap on the head pretty much anywhere on the head, and you're going to hit some good points all around the scalp. So really just tapping all over your body. You can even get a little qigong in there and just pat up and down the whole body. All of it's good. You're not going to make a mistake. Um, so doing that for yourself whenever you're upset is a lovely idea all the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, even though I'm really activated right now and I'm so stressed out, I deeply love and accept myself. Or maybe you can't deeply love and accept yourself, but you can manage them. I'm all right. I'm all right with myself. Even though I don't even like myself, I'm all right with myself. Whatever whatever version of um, your sweetest that you can get towards yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and no shame about, about if it feels like it's kind of a lame sweetness. <laughs> okay, you're allowed. 
Um, you can also bring in other resources like the sun is shining on me. I think I'm a piece of shit, but the sun don't, doesn't care. The sun is still shining on me. Um, in working with your family, working with your kids, you always work on yourself first. So oh. if your kids having a meltdown, the place to start would be like, even though it's really scary for me to see you have this upset, and when you feel upset, my body starts to be sweating and my body starts to be uncomfortable. And even though you're feeling upset, I love and accept you and I love and accept me. Even though I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now, I completely forgive myself and I forgive you too. And I know that you're actually being just right because you're supposed to have tantrums and I'm supposed to figure out how to love us both through it anyways. And you kind of just work with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're really, really clear, you got nothing going on about it, you could offer like, hey, little one, you want to try this with me? Would it feel good? You can also use um, something like this just in your in your comforting. So if you can, if it's safe for your kid, if your kid is comfortable with you having a hand on them, you can say things like, even though you're really upset right now, I love you. And you can be as upset as you can be and I'm still gonna love you and I'm still here and I forgive you. I don't even need to forgive you because I'm not even angry with you. You're just right. You're doing it just right. And I'm so proud of how, how strong your lungs are. And, and you, know, <laughs> you can play around, um, bring some silliness in. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy, I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called AIR. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite, and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. Yeah, I didn't realize the part about making sure you were clear first, but my son, and he gets this from me, so I empathize with him on it, but he... And we're never late to anything because he gets this from me. But for him, he needs to be 30 minutes early. And he's only barely seven. So it's interesting how um, 
observant he is of time, <laughs> but he needs to be 30 minutes early. And if we're five minutes late of the 30 minutes early, which still isn't late, we're still early, he panics. He gets very unregulated. And I mean, like waterworks, like he's just having a complete meltdown, doesn't want to go to school anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, in the car, because I drop off his sister first, that way me and him can just have the moment to ourselves, um, I'll, I'll lead him through similar to what you said, um, while he first I'll have him like take some deep breaths so that he can even do it. And then he'll, um, I'll have him tap wherever he wants. Um, Mm -hmm. he typically will like mirror me while he says similar to what you said. And also, even though I'm late, I can still have a good day or I can still start the day over. Um, Mm -hmm it's really hard for me to be late, like accepting that part as well. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it's a night and day difference from when we tap and we don't tap. So it's so interesting how um, him saying those things while tapping on his body creates a release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so is it basically that like um, energy is being released, like electricity is like being released from those points as he says certain things and they become more believable to him as well. So um, we so the idea of energy releasing is kind of an interesting idea. Um, I would say that it's more like, okay, let's talk about it on a biological level. On a biological level, in the brain, what's happening is that you're teaching the brain that something that it thought was dangerous is not dangerous. Mm-hmm. By going back and forth between danger, 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 super safe. Danger, 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 super safe. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're becoming more resilient. So it's not even just about school. It's Mm -hmm. like about being late. It's that my capacity to be okay with things unexpected, with things um, that could be upsetting. You're just more comfortable with upset because it's like learning to self-soothe as a baby. You're upset, you get comforted, you're upset, you get comforted, and that pathway, you learn that pathway. So being upset isn't that bad Mm -hmm. because you know it's temporary. Mm -hmm. You're you're retraining the brain in that way. When you're retraining the brain, you're retraining your hormonal responses. So your, your stress responses are not going to take you out offline so much your, you know, your cortisol levels will stay a little bit more mid-range. You'll be able to continue to give yourself some, you know, oxytocin pump in, some serotonin pump in while you're also having a little spike in cortisol. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's like a mitigating thing, but it's the beautiful thing about that is that as you're doing that, it's like your capacity is getting bigger. Mm -hmm. So it's like having sea legs or something like you're, you can be in a more wild and wily world um, with a more complex self um, and still have a sense of stability. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful because it makes everything a lot less scary because you know that literally at your fingertips, you have um, the ability to self-soothe and that no matter what happens, you're able to, to meet it, I guess. Um, but um, I, I want the listeners to really understand why the tapping part is so effective. So like what actually happens when we're tapping while we say things? Yeah, so it's a little bit like, 
I mean, first of all, we're talking about a subtle energy system. Mm-hmm. So my capacity to tell you exactly what is happening mm-hmm. um, is limited. <laughs> yeah. What I understand of the meridian system is this, is that the points are a bit like a, uh, switches on a circuit board. Mm-hmm. So when you are um, really elevated, it's sort of like you, um, so you flip the switch, mm-hmm. you know, you, uh, what's the, what is that called when that happens? When you like too much, it's like a surge, too much energy and you're, um, fried your wires. <laughs> your wires are fri- fried and you want to go into your garage and find a little box and flip the switch mm. and that's like what we're doing it's the meridian system is a channel of energy it's a channel of uh of information a channel of vitality and um when we have upset in the body and really everything we're talking about is um is compartmentalization so it's like things aren't mm. we're not one body mm-hmm. we've got a it over here that's been cesspooling for the last 30 years um, so in tapping what you're doing is you're getting energy to move again mm-hmm. and when it moves it can transform when it moves it can rebalance and so instead of because we don't always know where exactly which wire it is that's fried which uh is it in the liver is it damp heat in the liver that's that's the world of traditional chinese medicine mm-hmm. um, by the way, I really actually do recommend acupuncture for emotional issues as well for this reason. Um, but because EFT hits all of the points, it really gets a momentum of the whole energy system working. You get, it's like a flush. Um, we have what we call turbo tapping. We tap on both sides, go through all the points really quickly, and it just gets oh, things moving. Have some nice deep breaths. And once things move, your body is a natural, you know, it does everything. Your body regenerates, your body clears itself, it uh, protects itself. Your body is so wise. So as long as the energy is moving in the way that it's designed to move, then everything comes into balance. Yeah. Mm. Um, can you briefly go into matrix re-imprinting? I know you brought up the triple warmer point, um, but matrix re-imprinting is so fascinating to me. That's one of my favorite parts of trauma one that we covered sure yeah so matrix ring printing was a, a spin-off of eft um i can't remember carl dawson i think uh was the cre- creator of it but it's really pulling on a lot of different shamanic practices mm-hmm. uh, soul retrieval is a common term that's used for this um but the, the basic premise is that you're we talked about these little planets these little trauma planets uh, where you have this energy that's stored information. The basic premise is that you're going back to that place where that information is stored and you're working with that information at the level that it exists at. So the energy that was stored um, when you were left at the grocery store at three years old is stored in that scenario. It's mm-hmm. stored as a memory. It's stored um, within the the color of those walls and the way that it smells and um, that three-year-old body and the body of the clerk who helped and it's stored in those shapes and that storyline and those words, those sensations. Um, Because that's, if you think about it from a survival perspective, 
when we decide something is emotionally significant, we tie it to external factors mm-hmm. because we feel fear when the saber-toothed tiger is coming. So we want to make sure that the fear is attached to the saber-toothed tiger. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't learn anything. So we're very, it's, this is also some NLP stuff if you're familiar with neuro-linguistic programming. Um, so the idea is that there's an aspect of self that is there traumatized still in that same moment. So you're with matrix reimprinting, you're basically going back to that moment. You're meeting that little one. You're reintegrating the energy of innocence before the thing happened first. So you go into the safe moment before it happens. You meet that little one, that part of yourself that you haven't been able to be with because of the next thing that happened. You reintegrate with that part of yourself, that innocence. Mm-hmm. Then you prepare the little one for what might happen you process any emotion that comes up with EFT. Sometimes that takes a few different rounds of doing that. <laughs> you get a little closer. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little closer. Um, and then you let them play out whatever they want to play out. Sometimes they play out the scenario. You do some more tapping. Sometimes they play out something else. It doesn't feel great. You redo it. But you basically, what you're doing there is you're, you're doing a combination of um, working through any emotional upset, any elevated stress response that's there in that memory that's stored there and circulating in that memory, as well as letting that, that um, consciousness or that energy body develop into something new. Mm -hmm. So experimenting with different solutions, um, calling out for help, uh, receiving new guidance, um, having totally different outcomes Mm -hmm. and that experimentation and that doing something new, um, it creates maturity. So that the energy is not just clear of that stress response, but it it completes it and is then able to go on and grow up. Yeah, and the way I understand it is, um, so if I experience this traumatic experience with a parent when I was 10, it's like basically still playing itself out, the story out in my body. And when I go back and I go to that 10-year-old and I let her decide a new outcome, whether she stands up for herself and doesn't self-abandon or whether she is like, I'm out of here and she comes with me and I'm her new mm-hmm. parent. Um, that because time isn't linear, which is also like such a mind fuck at times because time isn't linear, that new outcome actually happened for that child, which means it actually happened for me today. Right. And then when we push on those points, um, it integrates it in a way that, um, not that like it's a snap of the fingers, things are different, but it it creates it differently when it's sto- the way it's stored in the body, right? It's a snap of the thing- fingers, things are different. And sometimes it takes a couple mm-hmm. times before you get to that level, but it is that way. And and mm-hmm. I would even say that um, when you say time isn't linear, we could get even more radical and say that time isn't real. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that is real of your past is what you still live in your body mm-hmm. and it's it's not past it's like right now right now i'm uh i'm trying to find an active one um i can't find an active one okay um right now i'm i'm looking for clovers with my sister because we're so hungry and there's no food in the house like that's alive in my body right now or it's not anymore mm. And okay, so if it's if it, that's what's alive in my body right now, 
that's how I'm going to move through the world. And I might have other things that are also guiding me, but that's largely going to be how I move through the world. Mm. I clear this, the fear of that. And there's nothing that holds that in place in my body anymore. And then I create a new scenario where um, we stumble upon a fairy feast and that's now real in my body. That's real in my body. That's my past. That's my past now. Because the mm -hmm. only thing that remains of my past is what my body actually carries. Yeah, I thank you for putting it that way. I like that. Um, feels so much more simple. Time is not real versus time is, is and uh, isn't linear. And also, um, the way you described it, just it. I, I in that one simple. Um, articulation I feel like I grasp it better so thank you so much um I want to check in with you on time because I do have an audience question and then the lightning round are you okay on time yeah, good. you're good okay so the audience question is um I have a lot of friends that are familiar with mind light and so they were curious and I couldn't answer it because I haven't taken human potential yet but they were curious um about human potential and what that what that is so for years, I taught the trauma um, program, and I would always say, this is just like 2% of the work. Mm. The work is forward-facing. Most of the work is like, what are you into? What are you about? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What do you, what's, how good can it get? Um, and so when we created the, the certification, we created a curriculum around that. Um, and it has two there's really two major components to it. One is around alignment, like building cohesion within yourself. It's kind of the opposite of trauma. It's like being able to say, um, what is the, the column of truth within myself that I align all to? Mm. This is our existential comforts and beliefs, our existential understanding of our own identity our values, um, our favorite feelings, and our enlivening activities, the things that that bring us bring us into alignment through mm -hmm. our physical moving through the world. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece of it, is that creating internal cohesion within ourselves. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's like a, a feeling of I know who I am, or I know who I know who I am as a unique expression of God or divinity or life force i'm a i know i know what i am mm -hmm. not who i am but i know what i am mm -hmm. um, and living with respect for that so making choices making um thinking thoughts that are in alignment with that make sense yeah um i'm curious also um it, it just occurred to me another thought about the um I don't know. For me, it's typically in tapping sessions and not in um, traditional therapy. But in the beginning of a tapping session, I don't know if this is the norm for others or if it, so if this is helpful for others. But for me, in the very beginning of tapping with someone um, where I'm the client, there's like a lot of charge where I like, I don't know that it's like triggered, but I feel like similar to being triggered by the one leading me through it. 
Like it feels very like um, almost like resistant towards them and their um, uh, I don't know, not articulation, but like their energy maybe I don't know like there's this like charge and resistance for the first like couple moments and then of course once I'm tapping that clears up and I'm in my own mode but um I'm curious what people can do when they feel that in the beginning of a session because that can feel really um the resistance alone can feel really frustrating I think that makes so much sense oh and I think it 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 speaks to your respect for yourself because it's like, what are you doing in my psyche? And in my, like, it's a lot of energy. And and mm. I, I don't know that this is true, like, across the board for you, but um, at least while you're studying with us, you're, it's not consensual. I mean, it's consensual educational, but it's not really consensual therapeutic. It's not like mm. you had a thing and you were like, who's going to be the, the most in alignment perfect practitioner for me to work on my biggest scariest thing with it's more like okay this happens to be somebody else who's studying they might be triggered they might not have no idea what they're doing yet they may feel so unprepared for this moment this might be the most the worst experience of their education having this session with me it's a lot to be <laughs> navigating that with yeah I'll you know um so I I would say that be really discerning about who you work with. Mm. And you're you're part of the reason why we we love you having this experience as a student. We love our students to experience having practitioners um, who aren't great is because it really teaches you humility mm. as a and you really get to see what it feels like to be with a practitioner who's off or not listening or and it's one thing to know that, but it's a really different thing to live through it. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that if you're going to spend your money on a, a practitioner, you're going to set up a trade, you're going to, um, you know, commit to somebody that you really trust them and that you take some time with that rapport building. And ideally, if they know what they're doing, they will also spend some time with that rapport building. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would also say like sometimes um, it's like going to the gynecologist. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like I'm, I'm saying like, oh yeah, be discerning. But I also know that there are a lot of times where I see a client and I know that they're only going to pay for one session and they mm -hmm. came here for a thing and no, they're not feeling a hundred percent clear, but they're, they're good enough to go. It's not going to be, they're not elevated to the point where their system's going to, um, not be an ally for me. Like we're, mm -hmm. we'll have enough rapport to go on. There is consent. There is trust. Mm -hmm. Is it like cozy pillows, velvet? yummy flowers no not really <laughs> I could spend 20 minutes on that or I could do surgery yeah. and they feel radically different so that's mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. I don't ever feel like oh this is like such an intimate moment with my gynecologist yeah <laughs> are you feeling this too are we really <laughs> right now never I'm like Ugh. I hate it I hate the whole thing but then I'm glad that you know yeah I don't I don't yeah. have cancer Mm -hmm. that makes sense thank you okay so there's a few short questions that I end every show with the first one is if you could hug your younger self right now what would you say oh my gosh I just love you so much hmm. 
If you could have the whole world read one book, what would it be? Winnie the Pooh. The Way of the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. Oh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Okay, awesome. I actually had one um, one other person say that, and it was, um, oh, God, I love this guy um, from Simplicity Parenting. Mm. Um, yeah, that was his book. Yes. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? You're safe. Mm. Can you tell me why Winnie the Pooh, actually? Yeah, because it's such a beautiful model of friendship, which mm. I think is the most powerful force in the universe. Um, and uh, and and meditation and gratitude and appreciation and self-love yeah and the enjoyment of life and the acceptance of neurosis and sadness i love that i know that um I've been learning and studying autism a lot. And Winnie the Pooh, that book is supposed to be really comforting for people with autism um, mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be so relatable. So um, so I also just wanted to say that I really love and appreciate your heart, your mind, and your perspective on things. And when I expressed to you um, that I was struggling with A Course in Miracles, referencing the scripture, no one gets to the Father except through me, you encouraged me to ask, who is the me? And when I expressed that a loved one had trouble with um, me having Jesus on my altar right next to a Hindu deity, you encouraged me to ask both Jesus and the deity how they felt being next to each other. And so in both situations, you encourage curiosity instead of just instructing me or giving me an answer. Um, And it took away that feeling of like needing to have a right and a wrong way of thinking. And it also encouraged me to go within uh, for the answer when I so often feel the need to go to mentors and teachers and um, guides for answers instead. So uh, thank you for encouraging curiosity and, and um, answering my questions with questions, <laughs> which is so Christ-like. <laughs> um, it's, it's only selfish, actually. Um, I mean that, that I have, um, I'm the richest person in the world because I have a whole community of aspirants, of people who are, are um, building their relationships with themselves and with reality and with God and with each other, with like the human race, they're all asking questions. And so it's like being in the richest library in the world, like people will come to you, won't come to me, but maybe you'll share with me what came to you. Mm. I'll get to read that book and I'll know a little bit more. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my teacher in that. Can you let everyone know where to find you if they want to book a session or how to find MindLight, either one or both? Yeah, the mindlight.com is the place where you find all the things. Um, we work with organizations. We work, work with budding practitioners and also well-established practitioners also. Um, and we also offer one-on-one sessions. You can book one-on-one sessions with me, um, with other trainers, with other um, graduates, and also with our students as well. Yeah, and I I brought this up before, but I also wanted to mention that um, there's been, I've I've done 
uh, half, like probably 50 plant medicine ceremonies of all different kinds. And they've mm -hmm. all been very healing and very beautiful, but there has been things, um, that I've been able to touch and reach in tapping sessions that I've mm -hmm. never touched or reached in plant medicine. And I think that my higher self probably knew I needed to fully be in my body in order to go to this deep wound. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I just want to give it that. Um, Beautiful. That <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Jade. It was really wonderful to be with you today. All right, you guys, I hope that that answered your questions around what tapping is and what the emotional freedom technique is. Um, it's, you know, until you really do it, it's, it's hard to grasp because it's like a, it's a feeling um, that you experience during it where you're like, Ooh, okay. There's something to this. Um, also, I don't know if you have Gaia TV, um, but even if you were to just sign up for the seven day trial, they have a show on there called The Tapping Solution. It's like an hour and a half um, documentary. And it is so, so, so good. And um, it gives so many different case studies about people who either had cancer or um, whose wife died or had a mental illness or had an addiction, all different experiences where um, it shows what tapping did for them throughout the film. And it is so amazing. And it also, it goes into the history of tapping. It's just, it's so good. I'm going to watch it again this week. Um, so yeah, I'd love for you to watch it and let me know what you think. And uh, I'll thank the affiliates as always. The best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code Jade gets 15% off. My favorite is the Air, A-E-R, which is a suction toy that creates thrilling pulses of air around your clitoris and uh, brings you to orgasm as many times as you'd like. So that's 15% off with code Jade at dameproducts.com. I like to pair this with my pleasure wand or my yoni egg from wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Code Jade for a discount will get you 10% off, but if you click on the link in the show notes and use code Jade, you'll get 20% off, a whopping 20%. So she brought up... Um, she brought up like the pendulation basically of moving from danger to safety, danger to safety, and how that retrains um, your system. So I actually like to use that powerful tool in my pleasure practice with these, um, these, this uh, air from Dame and my wand or my yoni egg from wands in that I will go to a place that is painful or scary or a, even a place of disgust, I'll hold it in love. And then I'll bring myself to a place of pleasure using those tools. And in that I am rewiring um, that experience for me, not that the, the, because trauma work can also be pleasurable. That's, um, was mind blowing for me when I first learned that, but it's not that I'm um, finding pleasure in the um, disgust. I mean, I kind of am. Um, I'm finding a place where I can get turned on in it by simply um, linking it to my pleasure and making it um, 
like it's it's so powerful because it's also this thought that like that experience didn't steal my pleasure i can still experience pleasure and um it's very very empowering i hope i articulated that in a way that is understandable in such a short amount of time um all right, all things CBD at directtemp.com, code Jade for a discount there, and then all things infrared at higher dose, code Jade75 gets you $75 off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review. If everyone that listened to this episode left a review, it would make such a huge difference in this show and how I'm able to book guests and who I'm able to book. And it would freaking make my day. Please just click the five star, type out a review if you'd like, but you don't even have to type one out. You can just hit the star mark if you'd like to do that. You can also join me on Instagram at untamed and unashamed podcast. And on this forum of what you're listening to the show on, if you hit subscribe, you won't miss any future shows. As always, be a light, stay open and remember... You belong here. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.